in this series on the four Adama or four Adam uh, the uh, man is Yah formed and by not revealing what the four Adama or Adama the four soils the Mashal the par- parable or parables this parable specifically is all about the conclusion where Yeshua actually is drawing the audience in and he's holding their attention and he teaches them through this lesson really to be good listeners. And the moral value of that is if they will be good listeners, they can recondition that soil and they can become the good soil even if they are currently one of the three bad soils. So we want to look at these four soils and we're looking at them through the lens of the seven types of congregation or congregate seven congregations or the seven types of each congregation that are dealt with and spoken of in revelation two and three. So we have Ephesus, Smyrna, Pergamum, Thyatira, Sardis, Philadelphia, and Laodicea. So, When we look at this, uh, you go ahead and really take a look at why this congregation, Smyrna, did face uh, severe persecution. And we're going to go ahead and and quickly uh, pound this one out and really get you to kind of to see this from a different perspective, maybe than you've ever looked at it before. Okay, it starts here. It says, uh, do not fear what you are about to suffer. So he gives a warning right out of the gate that you are going to go through some sufferings. He says, behold, the devil is about to throw you into prison so that you may be tried and you will have affliction 10 days. Be faithful until death, and I will give you the crown of life. So he's he's really giving this warning out there that uh, there is going to be suffering. There's going to be a time where there is no freedom for you. You are going to be locked away into a prison. Now this could be a physical prison or this could be a a self-made prison, one that you yourself create by the choices and the decisions that you make. You know, I'm doing a correction right now uh, on someone who has had stomach cancer and, uh, you know, I'm encouraging 
the diet to not listen to what the the hospital is giving him. His first foods that they give him is tenderloin tips and carrots in a gravy over the top of noodles that we know darn well are genetically modified wheat noodles that are horrible for him. And, uh, you know, he goes and puts it out there. He's all excited because, you know, they got the they got the stomach tumor out of there. And now he's able to eat regular food again. So the first thing that these doctors do for the regular food is they go ahead and they give him genetically modified noodles. One of the most horrible things that he could be putting in his stomach. And, you know... I go and I, I give a confrontation uh, after giving him the encouragement and, and I'm grateful. I'm rejoicing that they got the cancer out, but this is the second time. This is the second time they've removed the tumor and, you know, it's like, okay, dog, go back to your own vomit. Okay. Go back to that prison, that self-made prison that you are going to have affliction in. You're going to go through affliction. So, you know, yeah, you do need to be faithful, as it says, you know, until death. But we also know there's much scripture that says we should not return back to our vomit. And if our sin is in the fact that we have trusted this world, we have trusted the world food system and the things that they put on those shelves filled with poisons and preservatives and and everything under the sun, pesticides, you name it, they want us to just eat it and for us to be okay with it. And, you know, if nobody says anything, then what are we going to do? Are we all going to have a little discussion at a funeral and we're going to, you know, talk about it then? Because I get rebuked, I get corrected by a couple of different uh, people from Christianity, you know, that I brought this up, you know, we should be rejoicing. Don't don't be saying there's a time and a place. Well, I don't. Dis- I what? When is that time and place? When do you ever talk about it? You just went ahead after having a tumor in your stomach for the second time, cancer in your stomach for the second time, and now you're out there as an evangelist, as a promoter, as a salesperson for noodles. You're putting them out there as if that's something good. And it's absolutely insane that, oh, there's a time and a place. Yeah, the time and the place is right now before you go ahead and encourage a whole bunch of other people to continue believing these lies about an evil and corrupt food system that we have been stuck with uh, because of a bunch of mammon people, people that are greedy, that wanted to make the wheat supply extend and uh, so that, that, you know, The wheat would grow three times faster so they could make three times more money by messing with what Yah created in a seed. And now man's going to go ahead and tamper with what Yah created. And we should just trust that. We should just be okay with that, right? No. And I, I think it's so appropriate that it falls right on into this category that, you know, no, we shouldn't fear what we're going to suffer and we're going to possibly suffer a lot of things but you know who's really the one suffering persecution right now is it him being persecuted by me 
or is it me being persecuted by quote-unquote supposed believers who want to silence me and shut me up and don't say anything about the obvious that people are more sick today than ever before and the reason is is because they are eating food that Yah never intended for us to eat in the first place and we've got you know a medical system that is thriving financially off of it which is absolutely sinful because they're thriving off of our sickness and the people in that medical system really don't even have any desire for us to get well they'd rather keep us sick they 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 would rather just prolong the agony by continuing to not give us a solution but rather give us things to to comfort us and to just get us through another day and put a put a a band-aid on something that is never going to get healed by a band-aid so you know we really have a, a screwed up world that we live in and you know the one who has an ear let him hear what the ruach says to the congregations the congregations are sick you know and they're wondering why they're you know they're getting their so many are not getting their healing when you lay hands on them well it's because they're in sin and they're blocking the prayers that could be healing they're blocking all of the the righteous prayers of the righteous that avail much it's being blocked by their own stubbornness by their own uh willingness to continue to trust witchcraft and sorcery through pharmacia through these witch doctors disguised as uh medical doctors through these sorcerers disguised as medical doctors through these witches and 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 sorcerers and and warlocks and everything that is disguised as psychiatrists as well because the entire mental health system is a farce and if you can't grab a hold of that kind of a message if you can't understand what yah is trying to reveal to us when we start looking at you know uh a smyrna then i think you're really missing out okay if we go back just a couple more verses we can get a little bit more meat and potatoes on this subject and i think it's noteworthy to do so because we can see uh really um a little before what i just read where it starts it says and to the messenger of the congregation of smyrna right these things says the first and the last who became dead and is alive i know your works and the affliction and the poverty but you are rich and i know the evil speaking of those saying themselves to be jews and they are not but they are the synagogue of satan do not at all fear what you are about to suffer behold the devil is about to throw you into prison so that you may be tried and you will have affliction 10 days be faithful until death and i will give you the crown of life the one who has an ear let him hear what the ruach is saying unto the congregations the one overcoming will not at all be hurt by the second death so i think we need to come to the to the reality and have that reality check of 
where exactly is Smyrna? And, you know, we can say the physical place, Smyrna, sure, that's not a problem. That's easy to figure out. But when we look in the Ruachal sense of it all, and we really start getting to the depth of it all, what are we really seeing? What are we really hearing? And it's absolutely pathetic that we are hearing lies from this world and we're believing those lies. And that's how I think that it ends up in that state. And then we have to pull every bit of faith that we can so that we can overcome it. You know, uh, the, the big thing here that is, you know, important to see is that Smyrna was really like this large and beautiful city, you know? It was a center of learning and culture. It was proud of its standing as a city. Smyrna was an outstandingly beautiful city, and it claimed to be the kavod of that whole Asia continent. It was the kavod. Smyrna was a rich city. It was a great trade city. It was at the valley of the river of Hermas. And all of the trade that went through the valley flowed through its markets. And it found an outlet through its harbor. And it was specifically rich in the wines. Smyrna, like Ephesus, was a city of wealth and commercial greatness. But we also know that from the history that it was a city that was deeply committed to idolatry and worship of the Roman emperor on the famous street in Smyrna called the Golden Street, which stood magnificent temples of Cybele, Apollo, Ascapius, Aphrodite, and the great temple to Zeus. But the worship of those pagan gods was dying out. And the real focus was on the worship of the Roman Empire now at this time. So in 196 BC, Smyrna built the first temple to the Dia Roma, the goddess of Rome, the spiritual symbol of the Roman Empire. And once that spirit of Rome was worshipped, it was much of a step to worship to the dead emperors of Rome. And then it was only another small step to the worship of the living emperors and then to the demand such worship as evidence of political allegiance and civic pride. In 23 AD, Smyrna won the privilege over 11 other cities to build the first temple to worship the emperor Tiberius Caesar. Smyrna was a leading city in the Roman cult of emperor worship. The Roman Emperor Domitian, 81 to 96 AD, was the first demand worship under the title Lord or Baal from the people of the Roman Empire as a test of political loyalty. According to the ancient church history, under the reign of Domitian, that John was banished to the island of Patmos, and there he received this vision that we're talking about. So, of course, we can relate it as I did to today and to everything here today because I was talking about 
cultism. I was talking about witchcraft and sorcery. And realistically, the root of the evil food system is a cult. It is something that is deceptive and it is very, very connected to what we saw here. And we're worshiping, we're worshiping things or created rather than creator. We're giving thanks for so much of created and not seeing that Yah has given us natural solutions that he created. Even when I promote the light therapy, I'm promoting something that Yah created. It's the light that comes back into our bodies that's activating the stem cells within our bodies and it's helping us to accelerate various different cellular regeneration and transformation of our bodies at the cellular level, at the basic levels that Yah created. This is so, so scary when we start looking at how even to this day, people can fall into that same type of cult worship as they fell into many years ago and not even know that they're worshiping, not even know that these doctors, as they call them, these medical doctors could be really replaced with the title witchcraft or witch, witches or with the title sorcerers or any of these types of things. It's absolutely preposterous that man continues to put their trust in them when Yah has natural things that are available. And I see it as a complete Baruchta, hallelujah, that I've seen through this smoke and mirrors game that has gone on in the psychiatric systems, the, the mental health systems, as they call it, and the medical systems uh, known as hospitals, where there's so much corruption and so much lying going on every day. And who is the father of lies? Hasatan Gadreel himself. So I really, really want you to know that I really found a correlation between these emperors worshiping uh, the, the gratitude that went towards man or towards a Roman empire, one that they build up. And we've done that same kind of thing. We've built up doctors, medical doctors, and put them onto pedestals and really, really kind of worship the ground they walk on and just believe them for whatever they want to tell us to do. Even if they're getting us hooked on Oxycontins or even if they're going ahead and, and, and putting different poisons in our bodies, even if they're not going to go ahead and promote things that are going to be of a good diet, a healthy diet, a diet that is going to help that person to live long and prosperous. So I just have found it really, really sad to know that I have so many friends that are still deceived. After all these years, I started doing, you know, nutrition going back to 1989. And I've already, I already knew back then that there was an evil that was out there uh, in the uh, in the foods and different things. And I've just come to learn and learn and learn 
by a lot of study that's got to be outside the box because, of course, the medical journals and all of that kind of stuff, they're liars. They're liars. They don't want to tell you the truth. And uh, so, yeah, I, uh, I definitely see that coming against them in this vision that Yahukanan, the revelator, had was a crucial thing. It was something that was important for him to stand up to that system of that time, which was corrupt and was lying to the people. And likewise, I think that just because the wealth is all there, uh, likewise, I think that all this wealth that is within the medical system is there. That doesn't make it right. That isn't, uh, in fact, it's like stealing, really. It's like stealing uh, they've created an insurance system that goes ahead and, and brings all the money, pools all the money together so that they can, you know, just continue to jack up prices. As long as the government or the insurance company is going to pay it anyway, they don't have anybody that can monitor or say, uh, are you kidding me? You're charging me $25 for an aspirin. You know, all these kinds of things have been exposed over the years of, you know, putting a, a bag of salt water or saline solution into your body and charging a couple hundred bucks for salt water. These are absolute ridiculous mammon-based scenarios, just as bad in the medical system as what's going on in the food system, you know, and, and with all the, the food suppliers, as well as the Food and Drug Administration, and as well as the paid off politicians who are taking large amounts of money as bribes to be able to allow this kind of corruption to continue within uh, the medical system, the insurance systems, uh, and and even the government systems itself. So uh, I really, I know I'm on a, on a kind of a rant, but that's because I got people defending this garbage, this world system uh, out there and, you know, thinking they're right and calling uh, me, calling it out, being crap. No, what you've believed is the crap. It's you're the ones that are allowing sickness to come upon your family because you're continuing to feed this evil. You're continuing to, uh, pun intended, I guess, uh, you're continuing to, to be a part of this system. You know, and these very people, they were offered nutrition many times in the past. Uh, they didn't get serious. They didn't contact me then. And, you know, so I'm, I'm, it's like, oh, you're going to lose a customer if you say something. I don't give a crap about my money. That's 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 not the point. The point is, is somebody has to be faithful enough to stand up in the face of the evil and say something because evil prevails when good men and women sit back and do nothing. So uh, this is a, a kind of a unique message in how it, it kind of, you know, brought out, you know, the evil cultism that was being said, you know, uh, at that time in this, uh, in this prophetic, but you know, the, the people that Yeshua knew about that were followers in Smyrna, he wanted to go ahead and he wanted to do this correction through Yahukanan the revelator. And, you know, uh, this is, this is really, really uh, what's interesting in bringing forth poverty. 
as a as a confrontation. You know, he brings forth their poverty because sure, it was a prosperous place, but if your soul is in poverty because your mind is corrupted, then you are ruakly bankrupt and you're in a bad place unfortunately because of all of that. So, I'm going to wrap it up and just say let's pray for all those people out there that are deceived and let's pray that they have a wake up call to all the cultism and all of the satanism and all of the evil corruption that we're surrounded by in this world system. Be in the world, please. Be in the world. Yes, but don't be of it. Go out there and let your light so shine that the whole world would see his good works in you and give Yah all the credit and all the esteem due for how great that he is. Hallelujah. Well, hallelujah, hallelujah. Praise Yah. Coming to you with just a little addendum or an addition to the message from yesterday uh due to the time I kind of let it slip away on me this morning uh getting lost in the various different uh worship and and just soaking in the ruach today. But uh yeah, I wanted to add on to the message yesterday and I'm going to, you know, dub this together on our anchor by Spotify so that this can go out as one piece uh because I wanted to cover a key word that has been part of this ongoing series that I'm doing regarding the uh soils. It's crucial in the four soils and how I connected it to the seven congregations to understand when we look at let him hear what the ruach says unto the congregations or let him hear what the ruach says unto the body right or let him hear what ruach says unto the the Lalitel Medim if they were Philadelphia only right because Philadelphia would have been the only real committed disciples uh and really doing things the right way. So when we talk about good soil, you know, to me I lean toward the fact that this is probable that Yeshua is specifying those that are Galal Talmudim are really the only one of the four that's really the good soil. all of the other three soils are needing reconditioning they're needing more nutrients they're needing to do something about those doggone thorns uh you know cuz those thorns are are like walls that are built up to protect them you know they're like mechanisms of protection to not let anybody get too close right and then of course not having the right nutrients in the other soil uh there just there it just wasn't enough soil there uh really that was n- nutrient enriched or was nur- nurtured or it needed to be nurtured to be able to get it to be rich so a lot of love was needed with all three of these the nurturing 
to get the soils into the right condition. But the one that was ready is that person who steps up and is ready to receive. So let him hear what the Ruach says unto the congregations. So as I read Revelation 2, 8 through 11 yesterday, remember that it stated, and to the messenger of the congregation of Smyrna, write, these things says the first and the last, or as it would be in Hebrew, the Aleph and the Tav, or as it would be in Greek, the Alpha and the Omega. So this, is, and then it says, who became dead and is alive. So in other words, they're talking obviously about Yeshua, right? <clears throat> this is a, a clear cut right out of the gate telling us who the real author is, even though it was recorded by Yehuchanan, the revelator, <clears throat> as he was, you know, put on that, that island of Patmos, right, as a punishment, all the other ones were being killed. They were being uh, crucified upside down like Kepha. They were being beheaded. They were being stoned. They were being brutally murdered for being the Galal Talmudim. So what I wanted to add on is those that do hear what the Ruach says probably go through much more persecution than anybody else. And this, you know, letter to Smyrna is talking about persecution. If we even look at Shaul the Shaliach himself and in his letters, you know, he went through both having wealth and being in poverty. He saw both sides of that. He saw the mishandling of the tithes and the offerings. And he pointed it out. He pointed it out so clearly that, that he showed the evil that was in it. And those that are trying to do things right and I'm speaking to you, whoever you are, that's really had an ear to hear what the Ruach has said. Or should I say, the breath of Yeshua, the first and the last, who became dead and is alive. And he said, I will not leave you comfortless. I will send one to comfort you. And he was talking about his Ruach HaKodesh. He was very clearly trying to tell us that even though my body might not be around anymore, because I'm going to prepare a place for you, I am multidimensional. I am everywhere in everything, and I'm going to breathe heavily into your lives. You're going to receive my power so that greater things than I, you will experience. You will be a doer of my word. You will experience great things. So the Ruach will speak to you and through you as we say each day, as we pray for each of our Galal Talmudim that Yah has privileged us to have 
the great hearts that come forth. And that's what I look for in ministers. They may not be perfect people, but I can look past all their imperfections as I believe that Yah does. And I can see the heart. I've always, you know, said to people about even some of those that have fallen away. I look at, hey, they've fallen away temporarily. It's just a matter of time that Yahukanon Hardcore or myself or, or Yami or Scribe or Sand or somebody is going to talk to them, touch bases with them, reconnect with them, and they're going to confess their sins one to another in the love of Yahweh. They're going to submit themselves one to another in the love of Yahweh. They're going to go ahead and, and, and want back in. They're the only family that really made sense when we look at the subject of real true love. It's hard for someone that's not in this mishpaka of Abaya to be able to love when he is the source of love itself. 1 John 4, 8, Yahweh is love. And those that are his sheep will hear his voice. So us, if we are committed sheep, if we are committed disciples, committed followers, if we are Galal Talmudim, we're going to hear his voice when the noise of the rest of the world is deafened unto it. They don't hear it. They miss it. They're too wrapped up in themselves. They're too wrapped up in their problems, which are distractions sent by the evil one, Hasatan Gadrael himself. They are wrapped up in it. And therefore, they miss him when he calls. Let him hear what the Ruach says unto his people unto his sheep, unto his followers, unto his disciples, unto his committed disciples, his committed students, his Galal Talmudim. I challenge you to become a Galal Talmudim. I challenge you to become Part of that number. Oh, yeah, I want to be in that number when the saints go marching in. You can become Galal Talmudim. You can get yourself nurtured and loved on and overcome all of the bad soil characteristics that are, that are holding you back. The walls you've built up can be crumbling down just like the walls of Yericho came crumbling down. Yahweh can tear down your walls. The hard heart, the Pharaoh's heart that you've had that is has not let things in, not let love in, not let, let the nurturing, the care, the passion, the, the, the truth, the Ruach, all those things that have been 
that that what you thought was a protection to protect your heart to not let yourself become intimate with your brothers and sisters but instead be like pharaoh and not allow your heart to be penetrated by yah's yah amazing hanan He wants to barukata your life. And yes, it may start with a humble position. It may start with a servant mentality and he will exalt you in due time if you will have a faith that fails not. It's simply a matter of diligently seeking him in ruach and amet let him hear what the ruach says he's writing to those at smyrna that had all the wealth everything was there they could have become self-sufficient very easily and thought they were doing it but he always wants us to be yah sufficient and realize the only reason you're doing anything is because i've allowed yah amazing hanan to fall upon you it is i who gives you the power to create wealth it says in the early early portions of deuteronomy it is i yahweh that gives you the power to create wealth. He's not against wealth. What he's against is you thinking that you did it because you followed Satan and he gave you a quick path in a get rich quick scheme without any work and that is not his path. He is going to put opportunity in your life to create wealth. and you better be willing to faithfully step out and do the things necessary when that opportunity comes because if you don't you're realistically in sin you prayed for opportunity you prayed that you'd have wealth you prayed that you'd have nice things that you'd have a better life than than despair and 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 worry about money and fear about money and 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 you know stress about money you you prayed that you wouldn't be in poverty that you wouldn't be so heavily oppressed by all the things about being broke that can come bill collectors going to court with judgments against you finds you can't pay facing the humility of family members looking down their nose at you like what's wrong with you and they're not even believers why why do they succeed because yah's principles are for all of us yah's principles work for every one of us it doesn't matter who we are You reap what you sow. 
You need to understand that his word cannot return back void. It doesn't say there's not a disclaimer. Uh, you reap what you sow is only for those that are Galal Talmudim. That doesn't count for anybody else. No, that is a wisdom law, a shachma law. It just makes sense. It's totally logical. If you go out and you reap heavily, I'm, I'm sorry, if you sow heavily, you're going to reap heavily. In other words, if you work really hard, you're going to get a harvest. It's got to happen. That's just the laws of Yah. And the reason that some people don't prosper big is because they just don't work. They don't put forth the effort. They let fear, they let worries, they let doubts, they let unbelief get in the way of their success. And our scriptures show us to overcome that. So let him hear what the Ruach says because the Ruach is saying very, very clearly, do not fear what you are about to suffer in Revelation 2.10. Do not fear what you're about to suffer. Behold, the devil is about to throw you into a prison so that you will be tried and you will have affliction. But he says, but be faithful unto death and I will give you the crown of life. So there's a lot of hope in the persecuted congregation at Smyrna and I didn't feel like I did justice to that yesterday so I wanted to add this little addendum to say I wanted to be saying what it really says this lesson is a lesson of hope that if you're going through rough times in your faith and you're feeling like you're being persecuted I've been there, done that, and owned the t-shirt factory. I have gone through massive persecution for many, many, many years. Much more when I was in the early stages of my faith. But I believe I've now come to the fact that I was faithful. And I've overcome and overcome and overcome. And that's what he says in, in 11. He says... The one who has an ear, let him hear what the Ruach says to the congregations. The one overcoming will not at all be hurt by the second death. I know I'm not going to be hurt by the second death. I know that I will live forever. I know my election is sure. I stand on all of these things because I know that I am walking with him, following him down the path, the narrow path, the one that he puts the light on, on my path and he orders my steps on that path. I know that I am being obedient to everything he's calling me to do and I fall short very little and when I do, I repent very quickly and get right back on the path again. Now, that wasn't always the case many, 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 many years ago. I would go off the path for days and months and sometimes even years of wandering around. 
So I wouldn't say my election was very sure back then. But today, because I have become a committed disciple, a committed follower, a Galal Talmudim, life is much, much better. Life is much, much different serving him in Ruach and the Met. Hallelujah. Yeshua Amashiach Lion of Judah Akune Chembao Yeshua Amashiach Lion of Judah Thank you.